Welcome back. This is Jim Cimbala, Senior Pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle. We are going to continue my new series, The Calling, a podcast for Christian leaders. Let's talk about from the heart. I want to talk from my heart to your heart about all of us doing ministry from the heart. We talked in the last episode about preparing a sermon or how do we decide on what passage, what truth God wants us to deliver to the people. I want to talk now about the delivery of that message and what I've learned, what I see from God's Word, and the pitfalls and mistakes that we could avoid possibly. I could go anywhere in the book of Acts about this, but let's just take the first sermon that was ever preached. Peter is ending it in Acts 2, and it says, When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? He had just said before that, Therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. Preaching from the heart ends up touching hearts. Preaching the word of God from the heart with the help of the Holy Spirit can penetrate the hardest hearts, like those people there. If you read that sermon of Peter in Acts 2, come on. A second-year seminary student, I never had the privilege of going to seminary, but I think a second-year seminary student could do as well as that, or better, in terms of where's the eloquence? Where's the subtle, complicated arguments? You're not going to find it. Why? Because Peter was a fisherman. And not that strong a believer while Jesus was here on earth because he was the one who denied him three times on the night that he was betrayed. And yet, a couple months later, on the day of Pentecost, who is the preacher that the Lord chooses to represent and tell the gospel? Oh my goodness, it's Peter. So in that simple conversational style, because Peter didn't know how to go, and the Lord said, huh, or oh, dearly beloved, and he never changed his voice. We'll get to that in a second. He just spoke from his heart the truth of the gospel. The Holy Spirit aided him, and thousands were converted. Ah, maybe you don't believe that. Maybe I don't really believe that. That's like pie in the sky in the by and by. No, that's what God can do through speaking his truth from the heart. When do we preach? Let's be honest about it. What consciousness do we have? Do we have a God consciousness or do we have a self-consciousness? Are we more aware of how they reacting? How am I doing? Is that, did that joke work? Is this coming across clever? Let me throw the meaning of a Greek word in here so I can dazzle them a little bit. Are we self-conscious? our image, how we're coming across? Or are we God conscious? Lord, you're listening, you're watching me. I'm representing you, I'm talking about you. At the end of the day, I gotta go back to my house and lay in the bed at night and report to you. What are you thinking about this sermon? Not the folks. The folks could be applauding and it could be a disaster to God. And the folks could be squirming and God could be saying, well done, good and faithful servant, obviously. All the prophets in the Old Testament, the last thought they had, the very last, was audience reaction. Like Jeremiah never thought, he wasn't allowed to think that way, Isaiah. It was just deliver the message of God. And it is what it is. 
They might applaud you. They might throw you in prison. That's not our business. Our business is from our heart to speak the word of God. That's what's really needed today, don't you think? Non-performance and more from the heart with fire, the fire of the Holy Spirit, with passion. I don't care who the person is, PhD or a homeless person who dropped out in the third grade. If we speak from our heart, anointed by the Holy Spirit, the truth of God's good news, we're going to reach people. We will reach people. But we can't perform it. It's really sad that in the day we live now, clever communicating has replaced anointed preaching. I heard just recently of one minister who said that he's fine-tuning his oratorical skills, his preaching style, by watching comedians the timing of when the punchline comes, you know, the timing, studying that. There might be cursing. They don't even believe in God, but he's going to get better at it through watching comedians. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Imagine Paul saying, I'm really not ready to speak yet, but who's playing in Athens now that's really funny? I got to work on this stuff. But that goes to two things. How deeply do we believe in the Word of God by itself? And how deeply do we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit? If you don't know and believe in the power of God's Word, you're going to preach other stuff. If you don't deeply believe in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, then you're going to go to substitutes. You're going to try cleverness and you become an actor. We perform our part. Come on, that mic is like a drug. You can take it and then start to perform. And now it's no more from your heart. You're doing preaching. You're not natural. We become actors on the stage instead of men and women filled with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, making a difference in people's lives. You know, you have to be yourself, I learned a long time ago. When I first went in the ministry, hadn't been trained, and it was bad. No, no, listen, bad. You don't know bad till you heard me. And one day, about two months into the ministry, I was riding home with my wife. She was a pastor's daughter, so she was handling music, and she can't read or write music, but she tremendously gifted. Her choirs won six Grammy Awards. She produces albums and still hasn't learned technically music. So she was way ahead of me. And I said, how am I doing? And she said, do you really want to know? Now, when your wife says, do you really want to know, you're not going to a good place, I can assure you. I said, yeah, I really want to know. She said, horrible, because that's not you. You're trying to act like a preacher. Your body language, your voice, that's not you. Because see, I never believed I could speak conversationally and that God could use me. Never believed that. That was a huge battle. None of you would understand the pain I went through with that battle. So I tried to play the preacher. And a lot of us who have grown up in church or in a certain denomination, we get a certain style. And, but it's not real. Listen, if someone wants a play or show, let them go to Broadway, not church, though. So a tear in the voice or worked-up emotion that's not real or playing to the crowd. Listen, there's a thousand ways to do that. That is never, in the end, going to build up the kingdom of God in a deeply spiritual way. Can't do it. Imagine Jesus changing his voice because a different target group was there, or Paul changing his voice and talking one way and then going, well, praise God, how is everybody? Not gonna happen. But we've learned these things. Some of us have taken it in with our mother's milk. And God has to free us from that because people want reality. People know when you're trying to con them. I pastor in downtown Brooklyn in New York City 
And we got a lot of people who were once con artists before they became Christians. They could see through that in a second, in a second. So we have to be natural. We have to be who we are. We need to be our own voice, not an echo of somebody else. And that's a battle for a lot of us. We have to trust that God is going to use us in our way and be conscious of his wanting to assist us while we're preaching. Listen, Charles Spurgeon was no wild-eyed charismaniac. But back in the 1800s, he said, you know, I never stay too close to my notes when I'm preaching. You know, I had like an outline, but he said, I never stay too close to it. Because who knows what God might be wanting to show me about the topic while I'm preaching. Hello? That's Spurgeon saying, who knows while I'm speaking, the Holy Spirit could give me insight and I could speak something that will really help people. So what's the result? Do you want to be famous? Do we want folks to come back to church, our church next week? Is that the goal? That's a horrible thing. You know, some church growth leader, horrible stuff said that the main goal he has when he knows someone's visiting for the first time is like, my main goal is through the lights and the fog machine and through the lighting and the sermon and the music, everything. You gotta come back next week. That is nobody's goal. No one has had that as their goal for 2,000 years. No one has ever thought of that. Because what if the dude dies during that week and you didn't tell him what he needed to know because you were worried that he might not come back next week? No, we want spiritual results. Can't God still do that? Come on, my friends. Can't God still do that? Don't you have faith God can change people's lives? I've seen God do amazing changes in people's lives. Not because of me. You're you're hearing me speak. Ain't no big thing, right? No, but it's not by might nor by power nor by eloquence, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. God's going to help us preach like never before. Amen. Amen. 